Good morning, good afternoon, or good night, wherever you are. What is happening, people? I uh, wanted to experiment with going live a little bit, and I wanted to have the particular topic discussion of should CrossFit be known and knowable for the sport's sake? Um, this is going to go up as an episode of Rise and Pod. So thanks for tuning in if you're listening to this through my normal streaming, which is going to be on the podcast itself which can be found on all primary streaming services, Apple, Spotify, you name it, it's there. And of course, I'll, I'll publish this on my personal YouTube channel. But um, look, we're at this point in the season where we have now concluded the CrossFit Open, which as always is filled with a lot of feedback, a lot of highs for people, a lot of lows for people. Um, if you have participated in the open for since its infancy in 2011, or if you are new to our sport over the last three to four years, or if maybe you've been after it for the last seven, eight, it doesn't really matter where you've come in. One thing that you've noticed about this particular CrossFit open is that it was, it was different. Um, the variance was at a very high level and I'm not talking just about movement selection, but the way the tests were orchestrated, the order, the tests were released, uh, the stimulus that a lot of people felt as they executed the test. All of these things left many people, particularly those that struggled with the prescription in a place where they needed to be heard, they wanted to be seen, and they wanted to express negative experiences or negative thoughts about <clears throat> the test. Now, a lot of people make a living off of social media. A lot of people create videos and audio recordings based off of clickbait. This is to be none of those things. If you guys don't know me, I've been in the CrossFit space since 2011. I'm a member of CrossFit seminar staff. Um, I'm a contracted employee. Nothing I say reflects CrossFit HQ. Um, I have the ability to speak with my, my own free will. And while I do believe that a lot of my perception and the, the perceived value that CrossFit brings and what it stands for will always be adjacent to the game's creators and the team. Um, I want to let everybody know that I'm speaking purely on my behalf and my origin within the space and my perception of strength conditioning and my perception of CrossFit, what constantly varied functional movements executed at high intensity has become as a sport. So I needed to lead with that because I don't want you to tie my opinion to someone else. I also don't want you to think that I'm here trying to get views and or get likes. I perceive social media as an opportunity to express my personal opinions. If you like them and agree with them, then this is a place where we can be aligned and in tuned. If you don't like them, you can kick rocks and not watch my content, or you can leave negative comments, all of which will continue to allow it to flourish. So either way, you know, um, I'm not here for the clickbait and all the other nonsense that a lot of folks are. I just like to shoot it straight and I really geek out on this stuff. Folks, I love CrossFit because of what it's brought me in my athletic career, because of what, what it has brought me from a career perspective. But more importantly, and those are all selfish, right? That's selfish ambition. But from a more specific perspective, I love CrossFit for what it allows me to teach other people the joy and happiness that it brings them, the longevity of their life, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. I love that it has created a lot of careers for my fellow coaches who would honestly be up to a lot, a whole lot of nothing if the sport itself didn't exist and they wouldn't be able to coach it. 
Heck, I love what it has created for social media and those that even harshly criticize the movement because they continue to bring attention to the sport that I know and love. Good, bad, or indifferent, it's putting eyes on the competitors and eyes on the space. So thank you. Now, with all that being shared, the feedback, the negative feedback about the CrossFit Open was that it wasn't necessarily a thorough test. You guys have heard me ramble on about this already and why I believe it was thorough but that it didn't give a lot of people what they wanted, but it was still a clean CrossFit based test. Now there's people out there making up terms and labeling terms, and I don't even know what they're calling these things. But the bottom line is that just because it shook up the leaderboard because it was different than every other test doesn't make it wrong. The bottom line is that CrossFit recognizes, I hope, and they understand from a holistic perspective, the open is simply the beginning of the test. We don't need to, to make a broad stroke of the paintbrush and say, well, whoever wins this particular series of tests, which is just the beginning, is the fittest on earth. Now, is this the last test that a lot of people will participate in? Yes. Can we expect it to be so thorough that in three weeks we get a full spectrum picture of everyone's fitness every year? Give me a break. And that's a joke, right? Like that's literally going to be my response to you that say, yes, yes, it should be coach. I'm going to say, no, no, it can't be friend. Your job is to get a clear perspective of your fitness all year, all year round at your affiliate, your opportunity to pull workouts from a hopper, right? Which is one of the ways that we kind of take this broad picture of our fitness and measure it is when we compare skills and drills, work capacity across broad time and modal domains, and we're randomly drawing pieces or things to accomplish, loads to lift, tasks to accomplish. Those that perform those the most well-rounded after all of those tests are pulled, that is the fittest. Now, we've only got an opportunity to pull four, four scores so far, right? We can't be upset just because it wasn't all metabolically based. We can't be upset because we couldn't prescribe all the movements. If you love CrossFit, if you go to CrossFit on a regular basis, you understand that it's important to scale workouts. It's important to scale training methodology. And yes, you must be forced to scale the test from time to time. This might be a hit to the ego, and it might not be something that you enjoy, but it will spur along growth. It'll spur along growth in the programming at your affiliate. It'll spur along growth from the programming of your coaches, and it will spur along growth from you as an athlete if you seek the growth mindset, if you empower the growth mindset within yourself and those that you surround yourself with. If you don't, honestly, CrossFit just might not be for you and that's okay. And I think that people need to understand that we're not trying to be all things for all people. Now I'm going to tell you right now, the CrossFit methodology can be for any one person, but it's not going to be for everyone. People are going to not want that style of coaching, not want that style of training. And that is a, okay, we're not going to save them all. Right. Um, and, and I think it's important to understand that there's value in other training methodologies as well. So go do your thing, do something that brings you joy, do something that is easy for you, accessible for you and brings you happiness because whatever keeps you moving, I'm a big fan of, and I'm not here to criticize that, but I just got to lay all that out there because the argument here, um, I was listening to actually one of the training think tank, uh, podcasts or episodes on YouTube. Um, with Max and another one of their coaches. And I love these dudes. I, I, I look up to them in, in the programming field. I look up to them as leaders in the space. Um, their methodologies, um, their structures of coaching, the implementation of periodization, the way they educate their athletes, 
Um, I, I, I really am a fan of these guys. The argument was, you know, is it worth it for CrossFit to become known and knowable for the sport's sake? Should we have a list of movements that we just test every open? Should we have time domains that we list and people can predict, you know, when they show up to a season? Should we know that there's going to be one max lift, there's going to be one short workout, there's going to be one long, long workout, and there's going to be one chipper style workout? Should those things be identified, categorized, and of course, um, communicated publicly to the community so that we can prepare? They compared our sport to things like the Olympics, saying like, you know, you don't see the Olympics pulling events out of a, out of a hat and a hopper and doing random things. You don't see this in the NFL was another argument. They say you don't see this in NBA. They don't change the rules. They don't do the thing. They don't X, Y, and Z. They had the audacity to compare CrossFit to other mainstream sports in this way, pretending as if the CrossFit, the sport existed prior to CrossFit, the methodology. CrossFit, the sport was birthed from CrossFit, the methodology. And I know that they know constantly varied is the first descriptor of what makes CrossFit CrossFit. Constantly varied functional movements executed at high intensity is the way that we choose to define this methodology. Now, if you go back all the way back to, to 2007, when the first CrossFit games took place out at Dave Castro's family ranch, Greg Glassman tasked him with the opportunity to go find space to invite all these people who were following this methodology so they could come throw down together. Now, that natural and organic means to commune together, to fellowship together, to break bread, to drink a beer, to do what they do and love, which was CrossFit. That is what brought people to the ranch. The fact that they showed up, people coming from all around the country, and all you had to do was sign up, reserve your little spot at the time. They came around from the country, and they showed up to work out together. Now, of course, they were seated. CrossFit is quantifiable. It's measurable. It's observable, and it's repeatable. So, yeah, there was going to be some standings, just like on CrossFit.com. There was an OG old school leaderboard, and guess how you accessed that? You just typed in your name and typed in the score that you got for the day. Yeah, there was a lot of drama surrounding that, too. People like, yo, I know he didn't get that score. Yo, he had to be short in the range of motion. That couldn't have been a quality workout. He couldn't have uphold the standards, right? Like all, all the good stuff that happens all the time, even at your affiliate. And you know what I'm talking about. If you're a noon, if you train at noon and you see the scores from 5 a.m., or if you train at 5 a.m. and you roll in the next day to see the scores from 6.30 p.m., you're like, no, no way. No way did my score get beat. No way did he beat me by a minute. No way did she beat me by two minutes. No way did they outlift me by 20 pounds, right? Like this happens inevitably. But what I'm making a roundabout way and expressing is that the constantly varied aspect of our sport is a very, very definitive part of what makes it go. Unknown and unknowable is the way that we try to prescribe and describe the variance piece. That's what we're training people for. So if we remove that aspect from our sport, the unknown and unknowable, doesn't it change the way that we prescribe training for it? And if CrossFit, the sport reflects CrossFit, the methodology, then we would be absent in the ability 
to call it that, call it CrossFit. We would need to make it another sport. Now, I know that there are other leagues that are coming into existence or that have been trying to push their way up through the ranks or maybe have seen some growth, which is great. I think it's the functional movement uh, something, right? Uh, I don't know a lot of it, so I'm, I'm probably tarnishing the name. Forgive me. But you got to understand that that can have a place. Like, go, go prescribe a list of movements. Go prescribe range of motions. Go do that. They can know the tests and then let people train for it. That's great. But we're going to bring out the ability to specialize for tests. And that's not what we want. Like as a CrossFit coach, the last thing that I want is a full list of exactly what we're going to do in the season. Now, I, I think it would be cool if there were standards. And yes, that might involve a bank of movements where we can be familiar with standards. Um, I think that would be a really good idea, right? Or at least over time, making a way that standards can be more clear and more directly communicated with the athletes more finite. Uh, I think that in 2023, we'll all look back and understand that that one rep max thruster where you could take the step, that was an error, right? I think that needed to be taken care of on a higher level. I think that they'll look back on that and clean that up. It should have been a lot more like the 2011 regionals where once you stood, started to stand from the bottom of the squat and your knees straightened, you could not step, you could not shuffle your feet. It was a no rep if you did so. That's how black and white it needs to be for the community. We got people that can't even count shuttle runs, let alone decide whether that step was a legitimate way to try to earn extra weight or lock out their arms, or if it was just a step uh, because they were teetering uh, on, on threshold there with that load, right? And it's unfair for us to ask that of them, especially at a worldwide spectrum, because we know one successful lift and one missed lift accounts for thousands of places in the CrossFit Open. So standards are a big deal. And I'll agree with those men as they talk about, you know, the value of at least standardizing movements and refining that because that needs some work and it will always need some work. I believe in this sport, but to me, the answer is a very clear no, that CrossFit can't become known and knowable because then it's not CrossFit. And for me as a coach and for me as a competing athlete, I don't want to, I don't have the desire to specialize. If I did, I'd go play something else. I'd go try to be a decathlete in, in, in like, you know, masters track and field. I know that I need to throw. I know they need to jump. I need, you know they need to run distances, varying distances and energy systems. And I could probably train my body to be pretty dang good at that, especially at a 37 year old because of my athletic background, because of what I can do, because of what CrossFit has actually transformed me to over the years. But that wouldn't be our sport, right? Even if we showed up to the CrossFit games and we knew all 13 workouts two weeks before, I still don't like that idea because I want to test the psychology and the ability for athletes to adapt on the fly, the ability of athletes to um, understand that they're going to go from a test that they had no idea what, what it was and they're going to have failures. And then they're going to go right into a workout where they're watching the demo team execute these movements on the floor. They're only going to get 20 minutes to prep and warm up for it and then take the floor and compete again. I believe that if we make CrossFit known and knowable, their argument is that we're, we're going to be able to bring in other athletes because of its standardization, right? Because it's standardized. Well, now people are going to be more comfortable. They're going to know what they're training for. We can just, there's so many advantages of standardizing the sport. If we standardize the sport to make it known and knowable, the sport won't exist. And I think that you'll understand that if they really had more involvement in affiliates, if they had more involvement in the organic grassroots culture of the CrossFit community, which still makes up the bread and butter of what it is and what it will be. Now, people are going to come and go that are fickle. And I actually would encourage people to understand that high level athletes are also going to be some of the meat and potatoes of who comes and who goes more quickly. 
I've seen it. I've been in the sport since 2011. And right when I stepped into the sport, it was competed at a high level. I have that desire. I didn't have the desire to own an affiliate or coach forever, or to even be a part of level one seminar staff. Didn't even know that was an option for me or to be hosting CrossFit podcasts. I knew none of the sort, but I fell in love with the community and I fell in love with the old school approach of constantly varied functional movements, high intensity. I enjoy it so much. I enjoy teaching it. I enjoy coaching it. I enjoy everything about it, how it challenges the personalities, the intellect, the understanding. It teaches people how to own their fitness. Um, it teaches people how to meet themselves where they're at when they come through the door, not just all the, like at a macro perspective, but at a micro perspective every single day. Sometimes you, you feel good and you're going to RX the workout. Sometimes you don't feel good and you're here, but you know you need to scale. And there's a lot of lessons packed into having that self-understanding and self-awareness. I love all that stuff. A lot of athletes, though, don't come to love all this stuff. They just want to compete at a high level. They just want to get in, try to make their money, get out, go do something else. And that's okay because they're coming to be a part of what I love. So I welcome that. But I also want a lot of the negative feedback and, and the people to have this broad perspective of if you make the CrossFit games known and knowable, it's not just the elites that it affects. It's everyone that calls themselves a fan that gets to see the beauty in Hey, I walked into my affiliate this morning and I didn't know the workout. And when coach said it, oh man, it sent chills through my body. Those movements are all weaknesses that I have, right? If all of a sudden it's known and knowable, we don't have that opportunity to relate. We don't get to see the athletes again, respond in the moment and see how they're going to adapt, not just to something that they haven't done in a while or they struggle with, but perhaps something they've actually never done. That is a part of the hidden beauty of our sport. And I believe that even some of these folks that are having this conversation, which I believe a lot of people are having the, this discussion for discussion's sake, I don't know that they would actually um, die to prove that they believe that this is the only way for CrossFit to continue to grow and thrive. Um, but I do think that it's important to understand that the unknown and unknowable is an integral piece of what CrossFit is. And the beauty of it all is that it, again, always relates back to the everyday man and woman. We're trying to prepare these individuals for things that they might not be expecting in an emergency, in their everyday life, in the state of onsetting decrepitude, in the state of onsetting illness, um, in the in the state that they have a uh, tragedy and they lose a leg or they lose an arm or they get cancer, right? Like we're training people, their mind, their body to be resilient in a way that they can adapt to any and every circumstance to build a mental and physical fortitude that allows them to feel like no matter where I'm at, no matter what wall my back is to, I can come out and I can fight against it. I can make headway into making improvement. If I uh, suffer an illness and my fitness deteriorates. I've created such a buffer and I've experienced such a things of nuanced movements that I'd never done. The way to scale it, the way to adapt to it, the way to evolve into harnessing a new skill, the way to train for it, that I know that I can overcome this without the unknown and unknowable aspect of what we do that doesn't exist and it's not the same. So I don't know where this leaves you guys. I would love to know more if you guys watch this video or if you listen to this podcast that I would love your feedback personally. What are your thoughts? Do you think CrossFit, the games, should be known and knowable? Should the structure of the season be so laid out that we know perhaps the time domains, the movements that will be selected, the loads that they could vary in, and much, much more? 
almost like a decathlete. We can be ensured that every year maybe the test is different, but maybe the test is set. Maybe we know what's going to happen in the open. Maybe we know what's going to happen at quarters and semifinals. One month, two months ahead, two months ahead, allowing the athletes to become more specialized. Maybe then it tests their ability to actually train and prepare for the test and not so much of what they can do on the fly and adapt to. Are you a fan of that? Or would you rather watch another sport? Because we know we can find that in other sports. The bottom line is that I think the argument here for known and knowable is obvious. They want to improve the ability to prepare athletes for this. They want the athletes to be more prepared for this test. They want the judging to be better. They want the standards to be clear. I can't disagree with the desire to have those things. But again, in my perspective, it's not CrossFit. I want to keep this sport unknown and unknowable. I want athletes to be on their heels. I want the programming to be so well-rounded that it's hard for us to guess what's coming next at every turn. I want that because it helps me train my athletes in this methodology in a better way. It helps me get back to the grassroots. It helps me get back to me exploring and get digging back into the CrossFit Journal and understanding what Greg Glassman had a vision for this method methodology to begin with and how to prepare my, my humans, my athletes for that. Over the years, it become quite redundant, in my opinion. We knew how to prepare athletes better. We knew what movements to cycle on the barbell. We knew what loads to prescribe and how to attack. We knew what gymnastics movements and positions to put them into. We knew they didn't have to focus on isometrics so much. We knew they didn't have to develop a large skill set, particularly early in the season. Now, the more broad it could be, the better. Absolutely. But we also knew that a lot of our athletes and a lot of the training methodologies that we had to adopt in order to reach a high level in this sport, we had to put athletes at a greater risk. They had to have time. They had to have volume. And that involved a lot of muscle contractions. I really believe that where our sport is headed, it's going to be different. I think you'll still need the volume to train at a high level. I think you'll still need the contractions, but they're going to be different. And they're going to be so much more varied as Boz continues to lay out this macro perspective and test at large, like when we see him have the reins for about two to three years, we'll have a more, you know, I could be eating my words. So you guys take it for what it is. We're early here. But last year at the CrossFit Games, I was I was terrible at predicting events or what was to come. Um, you know, this year through the Open, terrible. Miss me with the opportunity to predict what Boz was going to program because I was sucking at it straight up. I didn't think we were going to get hit with a chipper as a repeat with ring muscle-ups in week one. What? No. Based off of last year's open, it was so simple and so work capacity heavy that I was just preparing my athletes to just suffer and grind and do it better than others. Then lo and behold, here we go. We're running in the open. Burpee pull-ups in the open. Never saw it. Never standardized that one before. Um, ring muscle ups in week one, which was great. That was a great, I love that workout. I love that test. Um, and then week three, of course, we talked about it already, but the strict handstand pushups with the wall walks with the snatch with the dubs, like those combinations, the movement interference. I was like, okay, Boz is in his bag. I didn't see it coming. And this is CrossFit at its finest. We got high capacity, high power output, and there's going to be a lot of discrepancy, right? Like people were arguing that, oh, well, tall athletes couldn't, tall athletes couldn't thrive in the open. We should have never had the one rip max. People skewed the results because of that. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for pointing those things out. Get fit, be prepared. Then show out when it's time to show out. And statistically, you guys can argue with me all day about whether it was good, bad, or indifferent. But I'm going to tell you right now, the test was CrossFit. And I liked it because I like CrossFit. 
And I think that the purists of the sport and the purists and the fans, right, whether they're new, whether they're old, it doesn't matter. They're still going to get an opportunity to see the fittest on earth take the stage for quarters. Then they're going to watch the fittest on earth take the stage for semis. Then they're going to get to see the fittest, the truly fittest on earth, take the floor at the CrossFit Games. And we are going to see who is the fittest on earth, both men, women, and team. So I believe that we can still have a long way of the season to go. I think that CrossFit's got to remain unknown and unknowable if you want to call it the CrossFit Games. And if not, maybe consider starting your own sport. But to me, this is the way. I hope it stays this way. Um, it's making my job very exciting. And I love every moment of it. But I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm going to start hopping on here live. I'm going to start giving some notice. I'm going to start experimenting with this whole YouTube deal. And uh, we'll see where it goes from here. But thank you guys for joining me. And uh, thanks for listening to the rant. Till next time. Keep rising.